This episode is brought to you by Element. That's L-M-N-T. What's Element? Element is the product that came into my life at exactly the right moment. I've been training hard. I've been sweating like a maniac. But unfortunately, after my sessions, I could never kick that feeling of dehydration. It didn't matter how much water I drank. In fact, the more water I drank, the worse it got. My body was telling me, you need more. You need electrolytes. But I refused to go and buy some sugary sports drink and put that garbage into my body. Enter Element. What's Element? It's a tasty electrolyte drink mix. That's right. I said tasty. They have seven different flavors. My personal favorite is mango chili. But most importantly, it's got no sugar. It's got no gluten. It's got no garbage. There's got no guilt. Take it. You'll feel better. You won't feel like a bum after you drink it. You won't feel any guilt after taking it. To get your element today, go to drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Get yours today. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Advanced Trading Podcast. Today we have the Joe Trunzo, uh, the 2020 and 2021 Tough Man champ. Joe, how's it going? Not bad, Coach. How about yourself? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Did I sell you short with the intro? Uh, did I forget the 2019 Challenge Champ? Do we need to throw that belt in there, too? Uh, yeah, it, it sounds great. The, you know, the more accolades, the better. But uh, no, I think, uh, I, think you, I think you hit them all. So, Joe, it's a, it's a tradition of advanced training to bring in the champs after they win the belt. We want to try and get into the mind of Joe Trunzo. We want to talk about your very, I'd say, unique journey back into advanced training. So you had left the group. You were training with us on Saturdays. What happened that caused you uh, to go away from the group? Were you uh, thrown in jail? What happened? Yeah, so without getting, uh, without getting too detailed, without being too gross, frankly, um, you know, one morning I came back from training. So I, I trained with the group on Saturday morning, and then I brought my dogs over there on the field and walked my dogs uh, and went home for the, for the afternoon. And, you know, I sit on my couch and I felt something crawling on me. Uh, I was like, ah, it's got to be a spider. Felt a few more things crawling on me and realized I had a few ticks on me. Um, you know, immediately went to check my dogs. And this is kind of where it gets disgusting. Um, you know, let's just say they had hundreds, this is not an exaggeration, they had hundreds of ticks on them um, in various crevices. Um, you know, figure out what I'm talking about eyes, nose, butt, you know, you name it. Um, so, you know, realize, well, hey, there's only one, I've only been one place today with me and the dogs. And so realized it must've come from the field. You know, at the time my wife was pregnant. So she, let's just say she wasn't thrilled with that. Uh, you know, my kid was only about a year at that. My other son was only about a year at that point. We found some ticks on him. And so obviously that didn't go over well in the household. Um, you know, I actually had to evacuate my house for three days and got in like an exterminator and they did a thing called like a bomb. They came in and bombed it with like some, some stuff, um, you know, ton of money for vets to get like tests and stuff. I would imagine that the dogs probably just got into like a nest somehow is probably what really happened. Like, I don't think they hundreds of ticks were on the field and like whatever, but you know, with a pregnant wife and a very young son, um, you know, talked it over with my wife, just felt it wasn't worth the risk of, you know, introducing that into our lives again, of finding ticks, you know, all over us and on potentially on the kids. And so, you know, it was with big regret that, uh, that I had to leave. Um, and, you know, um, yeah, that's kind of the, that's kind of long and short of it. Not, not much more. There was no, there was no, you know, disagreement with respect to the training or, 
disagreement with the guys or, you know, I, I think I'm better off training by myself. Uh, you know, none, none of that. It was, it was truly down to, uh, to mother nature. Well, you know how this crew works. You're only as good as your last training session. Uh, when you left, you were called out. Is this real? You, you sent us all the pictures, but it did beg the question because we started checking ourselves every 15 seconds for ticks. Where were you? Like, were you on the exact field we train at or were you on the outskirts of it? Where did this actually happen? Where you think your dogs yeah. got the ticks? Yeah. So obviously I trained on the field. We trained at that morning, right? Cause we trained as a group. Um, and then, but where I, I, I walk my dog kind of around the perimeter and I think, uh, you know, the, the field that's right next to ours borders on the woods pretty much. Right. So, you know, I walk them around that way. And so I think they probably got them from those woods over there. Uh, so not our field, the field, I guess, to the left of it, there's like all those woods over there. Uh, and I, if I could guess, I would say that's probably where they came from. How did you get the okay to come back to the actual tough man event? Ah, <laughs> uh, the, the inner workings of the Trunzo household um, are always, <laughs> you know, that's a, a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think a, a lot of factors, right? Um, short duration, you know, told my wife, like, hey, look, I, there's something I need to do. Like, I got to get back there and defend my title. And it's something I really want to do. It means a lot to me. Uh, and then I think also time heals everything, right? Like we, we were about a year out or 11 months out from the tick incident. Uh, I was able to level with my wife a little bit more of like, Hey, this isn't some tick infested field. Like chances are, I just walk the dogs in a crappy spot. Um, and you know, that, you know, that kind of rational leveling with one another. I, I tried the same argument immediately after the tick incident and it didn't get me very far. So that's why I say time heals everything. Um, and, you know, she was like, Hey, look, I, I get it. You know, um, just be careful. Try not to, you know, go near woods, <laughs> try to stay in the middle of the field if you can. Uh, and so, so yeah, I said, all right, like we're, we're good. I'm, I'm good. So let's, let's get back to business. So getting back to this, uh, advanced training documentary, you leave the crew guys are giving you heat. You're trying to sometimes justify it sometimes not you got guys stepping in on your behalf look this guy's married he's got a pregnant wife that's why he can't be with us all of a sudden out of nowhere we're like a week before the event you say not you say i'm coming back i'm coming to this running session tomorrow if i'm not don't let me back into the tough man guys start freaking out texting me you're really gonna let this guy back in what was the thing the if you had to say there was one thing that made you say i'm coming back for the tough man what was it Great question. So um, you had sent around the, the schedule, as you always do. And I realized that this, the last schedule that you had sent was like a month out, ended with the tough man. So like we had a date, like we had a date in mind. And I never told you this, but initially I wasn't going to come. Um, I felt that I hadn't really earned it. I was like, well, it would be kind of disrespectful to the, to the group to just show up and compete when I didn't really, you know, I mean, frankly, I wasn't, I, I, the, the, the last training that I was at was September 28th of last year. So I was gone almost a full year. Uh, and so I initially, I was like, look, I, it will be disrespectful. And I, I don't really think that I earned it. Um, and so I wasn't going to come as much as that was going to bother me. But then I, I talked to you a little bit and you had mentioned like, Hey, look, like I don't mind if you come. And in fact, I want you to come because you know, I think guys are getting a little soft and taking training 
a little less seriously than maybe they should. And my and, exact word is they've lost their edge. And I'm telling all you guys listening to this right now, you lost your edge. Sorry to cut you off. Keep going. No, no, feel free. So, you know, once I had the green light from you, that was, um, that was like the first step where I was like, all right, well, now it's not like, can I come back or should I come back? Like I'm obviously, I mean, the guy who runs the program wants me to come back. So that was, that was it. And then from there, it just kind of turned into, well, can I get the training? Do, do I, do I think I'm, I'm able to compete at a high level? Cause like, I would never want to come and like disrespect the, the program or the guys or the competition and, you know, come out of shape and, you know, just like be a bum, frankly. So then started to think, and I was like, no, I think I'm in pretty good shape. I mean, I, well, we could probably get into it later. I'm sure you'll ask about how I was training throughout the year, but I felt that I was in good enough shape. Um, but you know, couple that with you saying guys lost their edge. And I, I almost, it, it's like things did a complete 180, right? I went from, Hey, I don't really deserve to come back. And I think it would be disrespectful to come back just for the tough man to, Hey, like I'm going to come back because these guys apparently have lost sight of what this is all about and what they should be doing week to week. And frankly, what I should be doing week to week, but for the reasons we discussed, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, and so that's when I said, okay, well now I'm definitely coming back and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to come back to be, Hey guys, great to see you middle of the pack. Haven't been here for a little while. Cut me a break. Um, no, I was like, well, I'm going to come back and I'm going to win or, you know, put up a very, very good time. That's going to show these guys, like I might not have been around, but I've been busting my ass and I've heard you excuse my language. And I've heard through the grapevine that you guys haven't been busting yours. So Here's a little bit of a reality check. And that, that's kind of what lit that fire to, all right, we're, we're definitely back. And now you say through the grapevine, but you were on the group chat. So you saw the attendance I and mean, all the stuff's online. It's posted when somebody's late, when they have a soft point. What are you thinking as I'll call you a quote unquote outsider during that time as you're seeing these soft points just rack up and rack up and rack up? Yeah, it was, it was disappointing because as we talked about in the past, I'm – I'm like a veteran of the group, right? Like I've, I think the first time I trained with you was like 2010, 2011, the, you know, the format that we had there, then, you know, went to grad school and, you know, was away for a little while and came back. Like, uh, I think it was 14 and trained again for a year. We did that virtual thing together. Then I was in North Carolina, but, you know, ultimately I've been with the program for 10 or 11 years and walking a fine line of bad mouthing, the current crew, which I don't want to do because, you know, everyone has their reasons and justifications, but it was pretty disappointing to see, especially when you start looking at challenge results and you're seeing that people are losing just because they're not showing up or because they're sleeping in, um, you know, whatever reason it might be. But, you know, you start seeing that guys aren't just missing workouts and not to say that one workout's more important than another, but guys are missing workouts where there's something on the line and they're just not coming. Um, so that was, that was disappointing from like a veteran's point of view, because I can't imagine that ever happening. Um, it's certainly not something I ever did, um, you know, until um, really until I had kids. I, I think the first time I ever really missed a workout was when I had my first son. I think before that, um, you know, I know you always say the only person who never let you down was Ryan Smith, but I think before I had my first son, you probably would have put me in that <laughs> 
I ever said I was going to be at a training, I was at a training. I, I came to the, I always quote this or cite this. I came to the training the morning after my bachelor party where I was out until about three in the morning um, doing God knows what, showed up at 5.30 and didn't just show up at 5.30, but issued a challenge that got declined. I won't say by who, but got declined because that guy knew like, yeah, he might've been out partying all night, but like he, he brings it. If he's here, he brings it. And so like to go from that, that kind of mentality to see, you know, soft points being the leader of the challenge and, you know, which is ridiculous. And, you know, guys sleeping in when they should be competing. It was tough. To, it was tough to see. It was tough to see, honestly. So it's no secret that you are a hyper, hyper competitive human being. And what I was seeing from the group text is every now and again, you'd throw out like, hey, I did this kettlebell workout in this time. And I was like, this part of me was like, good for him. Like, I love it. This guy's got his competitive edge. Part of me was shit. I wish he was doing this with us. And the part of me was like, man, is this guy crying out for competition? Because right now, the only competition you had was yourself. You were really just basically doing your kettlebell workouts against you. So. Yeah. What was it like being so hyper competitive where you couldn't be training with the crew? Were you feeding your own edge with your, you know, individual kettlebell workouts? Yeah. You know, a, a lot of what you just said, and I, yeah, it's a bad answer because we, we covered a lot of things, but um, generally speaking, everything you said is correct. Right. So I would, for the entirety of the year, I only trained with kettlebell me, me and a kettlebell. That's it. I didn't touch anything else for the entire 11 months. I didn't, well, until like the weeks leading up to the tough man, where I tried to reacclimate myself to a lot of the equipment. But for 11 months, it was just me and a kettlebell, uh, one kettlebell, no dumbbells, no bench, no, none of that. Um, and yeah, it, it, it got stale pretty quick. Um, tried to either do timed work where I would try to do a set number of reps for time and, and beat it or um, the opposite set a clock and try to max reps in the clock. And that helped a little bit um, fuel the competitive spirit. But like you said, you know, it's, it's kind of me against me in that, in that context. And, you know, as, as interesting of a person as I would like to think that I am, that only, it's only gonna take you so far until you get bored of it. In the beginning, Sarno was doing a lot, not with me, but at least timed work where we would say, okay, we're both gonna do the same workout like one of us post a time, the other guy tried to beat it. So we did that for a little bit. Um, that, that was like kind of through the fall. And I really appreciated that from Joe because it, it, you know, kept me having kind of a person to beat or person to, to benchmark myself to. I know that, you know, a lot of the times where you said, I said, I did this workout and I finished it in this time for a little while, Pete Baraji was, would then do the same workouts and, and post his time. And that helped a lot because, again, I was, I was able to benchmark myself and I felt like I had um, some level of competition there. But, you know, what you said is really true. It was, it was a hole kind of in, my, in my, my life. And, you know, not to say that the competition that advanced training presents is like some massive void filler for me. But as you said, I'm competitive in everything. Like I, do, I don't do anything that's not competitive. You know, if it... Like I, I, and this is going to sound ridiculous. I literally, before I go to bed at night, draw up schedules for myself in the morning. You could ask Maresco about this because I sent them one of them a couple of days ago where I'll say like, okay, I need to get on the bus at 7.07, let's just say. 
And that means I need to leave the house by seven, which means I need to be in the shower by 6.40, which means I need to finish my workout by 6.35 which, and you know, work backwards. And then I actually will try to do everything I can to like beat the times I laid out for myself, literally to just get out of the house in the morning. It's like, okay, well, I, I, I allotted myself X amount of time to do this. If I could do it in a shorter amount of time, that's incredible. Like, I feel like I literally feel like I've done something great by doing that, which as dumb as it sounds, but so yeah, the, the, the competitive nature of me is it, it'll never go away. And it was, it was very tough not to have some level of competition for almost a full year. And again, you, when you couple that with seeing guys who have competition at their fingertips, but are not taking advantage of it, it sort of doubled the frustration for me because it was, hey, I really wish I could be doing this thing and I can't. And here are all these people who have free access to do that thing and they're not using it. And so that to me was even harder to wrap my head around. Um, and so, you know, a lot of what you saw with me throwing out those things in the group chat of, hey, I did this workout for this time. It was like, I almost wanted someone to step up and do it. When it, once I started seeing just how, how lackadaisical the approach was from some people, like it was almost like an implicit challenge of like, hey, I just did this workout. It took me 12 minutes. I'm more accustomed to a kettlebell than you. So maybe it'll take you 14 minutes, but like someone like answer the bell, someone try like someone. And again, Pete did it a few times and Joe did it a few times. But I think that was also why you saw me sporadically pop in and out with, um, with what I had been doing because I felt like maybe it was a cry for help from me. I don't know, but I felt like it was a call for like, Hey, let's like, let's get back to competing. Like let's compete. Like a lot of times you'd see me write in the chat, like, Hey, do this workout, post a number. I don't care what your number is. Just post a number and somebody try to beat it. Somebody post a number. And I think, you know, that goes back to how competitive I am, but I also wanted to sort of implicitly remind the guys that what we do is about competition. It's not about, you know, exercising or, or working out. Like that's not how, that's not how you approach it. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're, if we're just meeting up on that Saturday, the whole premise of what we're doing on those Saturdays for the most part is competition. That's what yeah. it's all about. I agree. And the beautiful thing about Joe Trunzo, and that's why the crew always wants you there is that this stuff's contagious, right? When you announced you were coming back, I get all these side texts. Oh my God. Then I'm starting to get text side texts from guys of them sending me a picture of them working on sliders or doing something for tough thing. Like now they really, uh Oh, now I got to get ready. You know, it's a, it's a week beforehand. Okay. I hope you've been doing this the whole time, but it is contagious. Or you said, I'm going to come to that morning run who shows up Keith Eppinger. Hey, Keith, why'd you come? Well, Joe Trunzo said he was coming. I had to show up. And I just think that's the most beautiful part of, of who we are and what we do is that it's not about the program. Like you said, it's really more about that camaraderie and that, that bond that happens between the guys. So, and I said to you, when you left that day, I said, Trunzo, you, you make it better for everybody. Like this is not, <laughs> this is bigger than just you. You're making it better for everybody around here to be part of this thing with you. So I guess that, that, that leads me to my next question was the, the tough man's over. We're going to fast forward to the end right here. We're going to make this like a Quentin Tarantino movie and go out of sequence, but you win. You hop in your car and you send the group this, this long felt text message of saying how much this thing means to you. What made you send that text after winning when you could have been gloating? Yeah, I, you know, it was, 
I realized when I got back into my car, just how much I enjoyed being around everybody. And it's something that I had really missed for, for a year. Um, and it's not, you know, as like weird as that sounds or as like sappy as that sounds, like there's just something about like a group of men coming together for a common goal that I don't think a lot of people who haven't done it can really understand. And that was missing for a long time. Like that's to me, like in the important part of like an important part of like masculinity and being a man is like coming together with other men to accomplish. Like I always tell my wife, like men do things. Like that's what men do. They, they do. Like, I don't always have to say, I don't always have to communicate. I don't always have to speak, but like I do. That's what, that's kind of what men do. And when men are in a group, like they come together to do, like we do things. We don't come together to gossip or talk or, you know, watch television shows. Like when men come together, they often come together to accomplish something and, and to do something. And to not have that for a long time, I don't think I realized it in the moment. Well, I definitely realized it throughout the year, how like, man, this kind of stinks that like, I don't have a group of guys that I see regularly or can interact with regularly. Um, but after then coming back and being around everybody and then having like a second to reflect of like, wow, like that's what I was missing for the past year. Um, I just felt the need at that point to tell everybody how much I missed it and how much it meant to me to be just back around a group of guys focused on a common goal, like as simple as that is. Um, and again, you know, as I, as I said in, in the, in the message and in that message was sent to like our close group of friends or got, you know, competitors that I, you know, respect all of them in many, many ways. It's you, you might not even realize it now. And I definitely did it of how much these mornings and these opportunities matter, but they really, really matter. Like they really matter. Like it's like 34 years old, married, two kids. You can imagine, I don't have a lot of free time. Uh, I don't have a lot of time to just, you know, go to the bar with the guys or, you know, go to, a, go to a football game with the guys. Like those opportunities are few and far between, but like Saturday mornings are, being able to train with the guys like that's if that's something you can count on and again i wasn't able to count on it for a year i'm like that's that's how i get my fill of that experience like i don't i don't go to the bar i don't go to the football game i don't go to the bachelor party um you know those days are in the past so i, I lose a lot of those opportunities but training is where i got it from and to have it back like the rush of it all in one shot, like first day really back with all the guys that I missed a lot. And then to win, like, it was just like a rush of adrenaline and emotion at the same time. And I think I probably would have sent the same text whether I won or lost. Like it was like just being on the field and seeing guys get out of their cars, like one guy, the next guy, the next guy, the next guy. Like it was just that experience alone was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. I didn't even have to win. And it, I probably would have felt the same exact way, but then winning is what amplified it. And yeah, I just think it was a lot, a lot going on mentally uh, for me when I was able to sit back in the car and think for a minute. And I just wanted to make sure everybody knew how I felt. I didn't want people to think that it was, oh, you know, he just came back and because he thought he could win. And so he came back and he won and we'll never see him again. He doesn't care. Well, like, oh yeah, he came back and 
he'll pop back in when when it's convenient for him. Like I wanted to set the record straight of, you know, this means a lot to me. It hurts me that I can't be here. Um, but thank you guys for allowing me to be here today and for for being good friends and good competitors. But I, I think that do point is a good one. Uh, man, woman, who cares? I'm, I'm thinking about my circle of friends. We don't do much. We'll get together and eat and just complain about the Giants or something. We don't do a hell of a lot. But with, with our crew, there is it is just doing, right? Like, th- yeah, this trash talking during the week, but it's all settled by that stopwatch. Right? You could say whatever you want. Uh, you could be whoever you want, but it, the, no, the weight doesn't care. The prowler doesn't care. The stopwatch doesn't care. It is what it is. Right. And so I, I love your point of doing because it, there's almost a purity to it. And that that maybe my finger slips up a little every now and again, or maybe my eyeball isn't perfect on exactly if somebody's prowler crossed the line or not. We have, uh, you know, executive decisions saying anything get my eyes checked or my, my finger calibrated. But there is an absolute purity to that doing. And I, I want to hit on your other part of, you know, you're saying like maybe guys took it like you just came to win the belt and leave. Man, there's no way for that because you're mentoring that last week. You're mentoring guys on how to what you're eating, what time to get up. You're cheering guys on. You're giving them advice during the event, guys that could beat you. Again, like what what is making you? I think I asked you. I know I asked you this last year. Why are you so helpful to other people when they could potentially take this belt from you? I mean, the easy answer is because people did it for me, right? Like when I was in the program every day, like you did it for me. Um, you know, like guys like Joe Castellano did it for me when he was at his peak and could blow me away performance wise. And, you know, a lot of other guys in, in the program, similarly, like, it's just, it's part of, it's part of what makes the thing great. It's like, I don't want to beat somebody because I knew a trick that they didn't know. Right. Like I want everybody to be at their best I want everybody to be performing at the highest level. And look, if, if I give you all my tricks and secrets and you're better than me, then I deserve to lose to you. I shouldn't be able to beat you because I kept like a secret. You know, like that's, that's kind of the way I think of it, right? Like I want to beat you on even terms. I, like not even be, I want to compete with you on even terms, regardless of beat you. I just want to compete with you on even terms. And so that's why I, you know, like the week going in, I was, once I announced that I was going to come back, I did speak to multiple guys about things I do. And I, I wasn't the one who initiated the conversations, but you know, answered questions of guys like, Hey, how do you think of this? How do you do this? What do you think is the optimal way to approach this event? What's your body positioning on that event? Literally questions like what time do you go to bed? What time do you wake up? What do you eat the night before? What do you eat the morning? Like I, I'll answer any question. I just think if it's, if it, if you're asking me that question, you're asking because you want to get better. You're not asking for no reason. And so who am I to not allow you to get better? What, like, because I want to win the tough man. Like, no, like I do want to win the tough man, but if I, ultimately I we're a group of guys that come together to work together, like I want everybody to be their best. So I'm not going to withhold information or, you know, sit there and be like, Oh, it's Sarno tripped over the farmer's walk. Thank God. That means I can win. It's like, no, I was bummed out. Like the guy tripped, you know, he, he probably lost a good half second. And like, it's like, man, that really stinks because, you know, he, he wasn't at his, he wasn't at his, that wasn't his best performance. And so I kind of wish it was his best performance. Or like, you know, when James can't come, right. Like I didn't sit there like, Oh wow. James can't come that, that that's one less guy for me to beat. Like, no, like that's terrible that James can't come because James is a hell of a competitor who busted his butt for forever to put himself in a position where he could probably win the thing. 
this year or, you know, easily have his best time ever and be a top one, two or three guy. And then to find out that he can't come was kind of heartbreaking, you know, even if it meant like, Oh, one less guy, like that doesn't matter to me. And so I, I, that, you know, that's why I, even as the event is going on, I'm trying to cheer people or give them tips. Like you only got five yards left, like keep pushing, keep pushing one more push, one more pull. Cause they might not realize that. Like, you know, when you're tired, like, man, when is this chain going to end? So if you hear me saying, Hey, come on, you got two more pulls too. Like just stuff like that is, you know, I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine not doing it. Right. Like sitting there quiet and just watching people struggle or, or, or have difficulty with something. Like if I'm able to, if I'm able to give you a tip or information, I'll give it. But if all I can give you is just willing you through it by cheering for you, I'm going to do that too. And that's just the way I approach, I approach everything. Like I, even like my work, my life, like I don't, I don't want to be so like secretive and private with respect to things that I think can benefit other people. If there's, if there's a way that I can help, I, I always really try to. And so I think that just carries over. And, you know, even if that means that I'm putting people in a position where they could compete or even beat me, like that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is having our crew who chooses to work together at its peak. And that's what's more important. And, and something I love about you were running uh, a day after you win your second consecutive tough man. And I was like a little bummed. I'm like, you know, we taught new secrets this year in training that people either forgot to use. We're talking about like Toronto, uh, sorry, Sarno flipping over the, or tripping over the uh, farmer's walk. We, we had a new secret, you know, people didn't use it. We had a, a secret of how to get out of a slider. People didn't use it. And they, they either forgot to use it or they didn't come to enough training sessions to actually see it. And I was just like kind of venting to myself and you're like, whoa, whoa, what, what? Like you, you wanted to know what these new secrets were, were, even though you just won your second consecutive tough man, you're still looking for a way to get better on top of your optimal performance that you already had. So, uh, sorry to went up a little tangent there. My next question related to the one before that was, is if there's a guy, just one guy, you can only pick one. There's a guy in our program right now who you wish you could take under your wing. Someone who hasn't achieved their full potential. Who is it and why? So this is one that I struggle with, but I think I came up with an answer. And I think the guy that I will go with is Fred. Um, only because I do think his, his full potential versus what we've seen so far is not aligned. Like there are other guys that like, I wish I could spend some time with to, you know, maybe help them with a thing or two or motivate them a little bit more. But like I, some of those guys are guys where in my brain, I'm like, man, he could be like three or four seconds better. But like Fred, I feel like Fred could be like so, so, so much better. And it's not for fault of his own. I think it's, he like, he, he wants to get better and he, he, he analyzes things. He asks a lot of questions. He clearly cares a lot. And he's a hell of an athlete, like an incredible athlete. I Apparently. We're seeing videos of him making catches like Randy Moss. So uh, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. I know he's these these videos of him playing wide receiver at, at, with how how big he is. I remember the first time I saw him move laterally, like left to right. I was almost like scared of like, wow, this like big dude can move like this. And but you know there there are there are things that he there are things that he doesn't really understand with respect to the tough man like how certain like the optimal way to approach certain things and he's asked questions and i've attempted to answer them as best i can and 
know, there are also some things, some self-improvement things that, that Fred could just get better at. Um, where I think like if, man, if I was able to like live in a house with this guy for four weeks, like that's probably the guy that I think I can help make the most improvement. Not that I'm like some miracle where I'm that, like, I don't want that to come across that way. Like, Oh, give me some time with some guy. And like, he'll be so much better. Like, that's not what I mean. I just think like with his willingness to learn and with what I think his athletic potential is versus what we've seen from him so far, whether it's, you know, gassing out towards the end of something or losing a slider or, you know, frankly, I think, you know, I, I don't know for sure, but I, I think you told me that he might not have been the best attendance wise this year. Um, he's a guy that I just think like, if I could spend a little more time with him and, and talk with him a lot more and be out on a field with him more, I think he's somebody that could really athletically just like blow people away. Yeah. Tronzo, I didn't just uh, tell you, I told uh, the whole entire earth by put, posting his 10.5 soft points on the soft list on the, uh, the internet. <laughs> So, you know, yeah, then there you go. Then, then Fred, I don't feel so bad uh, talking about it. You know, yeah, he's got he's got attendance issues. And again, I always feel I always feel weird calling people out on attendance issues again because I missed every workout for almost a year. But you know, I, I made that known up front, right? Like I didn't make believe I was coming and just not show up. So I can talk about it a little bit, as weird as it does feel to criticize attendance. But yeah, I mean, a, a big part of it is just being there, right? Like you don't get. Yeah you don't get any better experience than just being out there. Like you said, learning, learning new techniques. Well, yeah, I can tell you the new technique, but in the heat of the moment, 45 seconds into your tough man run, you're not going to remember it if you haven't done it a hundred times. So I, I, I can tell, I, we could talk about it forever. You just have to go out there and do it. So are you going to be like a diamond Dallas page? Is, is this an open invitation for carp to come live with you for a month? Fred, I'm, 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 I just moved, man. I moved into a, into a place in Jersey. I got a lot more space. If you want to come, you move in. We'll call it just like DDP. We'll call it the, the accountability house. I think he calls it. We'll call it the Trunzo accountability house. Come live with me in Jersey. Uh, we'll have, we'll have a blast. Uh, you know, I'm half kidding, but no, I mean, look, Fred has my number. I've never told him no. I've never told, I, I really, I hope I've never told anybody. I don't just mean that for Fred. I, I don't think I've ever told anybody no in our crew when it comes to a question or, or something. You know, if I couldn't do something, then, you know, I, I can't, but I'm, I don't think I've ever just said no. And so, you know, my, my, my phone is always on, unfortunately with work, it literally is always on, but you know, I would, I would love to be more of a, of a helper or a mentor to anybody who needs it because, you know, implicitly guys might not even realize it, but they, they do the same for me just by, just by being around and, and being on the other side of the phone when I come up with, with weird stuff that I want to talk about. So, you know, I, it's the least I could do. And Carp, one, you can absolutely do this. I got faith in you. Two, I would be a bad guy if I didn't once again mention your 17 or maybe 20 tackles against Chaminade in your senior year. It was one of the best linebacker experiences I've ever been a part of. And I say experience because maybe I was calling the plays, but I, I just watched you completely and totally dominate the defensive side of the ball. That, that was pretty sick. And then to see your highlight videos that you had apparently on hand of you catching balls like DeAndre Hopkins using a more uh, – current reference than Randy Boss you young folks out there. Pretty sick stuff. So what can do this, Fred? Pretty unbelievable. We were we were in our group chat. We're talking about flag football and and Fred's like, oh Sarno, you probably want me on your team. And he, he pulls out like a highlight video. It was one of the most <laughs> you have like a ready to go highlight video on your phone of you playing flag. That's pretty impressive. And it, it, believe me, it was if you haven't seen it, it was legitimately a highlight video. This you have Fred out there just destroying PUs, uncoverable. It was really, it was unbelievable.
And, and with our crew that will bash you down at a second, no one said anything like, no, it's not bad. Even Sardo said, I, I guess it is my loss. <laughs> I guess it's my loss to not have you. Yeah, on. Like how, like if, how can anyone not want you on their team if they're, if they're watching that video? It's crazy. So what, speaking of Joe Sarno, as we do in almost every single po- podcast, it's 2019. You, you win the challenge. You lose the tough man because you don't finish going fully through the end line. And Sarno wins the tough man in 2019. Now, you yeah. and I were having some texts back and forth. If you did go through, and there's a lot of ifs here, there's a strong possibility that you win the 2019 tough man. You win three tough mans in a row, putting you in the, in the world of like a Teddy Cohesi. And maybe one day, four tough men's in a row in the world of a Ryan Smith. Do you think, what impact do you think losing that 29-19 tough man had on your legacy of advanced training? So I think, and I didn't realize it until you and I spoke a little bit more. I actually think that I benefited in the long run from losing. Obviously, it really hurt in the moment because I could have done the clean sweep of you know, winning the challenge and the tough man in the same year, um, you know, the way that it went down obviously hurt as well. I lost by two tenths of a second when I stopped short of the finish line in the slider. But I think we touched on this last year in my heart of hearts, looking back at it, it wasn't just a, Oh crap. Toronto had a brain fart and stopped short on a slider. Like what the heck was he thinking? Like I stopped short on my slider because I did not believe in myself. I tried to do like a trick move where I like get my feet across and then spring myself up because in my brain, I needed like a trick to shave off however much time I needed to shave off in order to beat Joe that year. And so looking back at it, I know like some people will say Trunzo lost because he didn't finish his slider. But I have said since I came to that realization, I lost because I didn't believe I was good enough to win on my own. Like I, I felt like I needed a trick or a gimmick to win. And then after- I, I got to cut you off for a second. I, I could be wrong. This is me maybe overanalyzing it. But I also think that's why you are so helpful to everybody else because you believe in yourself. Like you don't want Yuski hurt. You're yelling feet when people's feet are crossing the line because you believe in yourself so much that in my mind, I don't know if you think, I don't think you think it hurts you if that person goes to their maximum potential because you want that for them because you have such extreme faith in yourself that it's not a risk for you. I could be wrong. That's just my thought. That's that's absolutely right. And I think that that kind of ties back with what I was saying about, like, I want to compete with everybody at their peak. Like, I don't think, I don't think I need Sarno to trip to beat him. I don't think I need him to, you know, mess up his last sled pole like he did in 2020 in order to beat him. I don't think that I need James to no show in order to beat him. Um, that's not me being cocky saying, I think I can beat him, but that's just me saying like, I think if I perform at my best, I'm just as good as, as anybody else performing at their best. And so I agree with you, you know, a hundred percent there. It's, yeah. I think faith in myself has grown and it's, it's grown from the incident in 2019, because I, upon realizing that I lost because I didn't believe in myself, it actually allowed me to believe in myself. Because then I, I looked at the flip side and said, if you would have just trusted your own abilities and just pushed through the slider, you would have won. So you don't need these tricks and you don't need to, you know, take every possible hundredth of a second gimmick 
thing you could shave, like just bust your ass and push through the line and you're good enough to win because if you would have done that, you would have won. And so that's why I say that the loss actually helped me because let's say, let's say I don't miss time it and my feet get through and I push myself up and I, I beat Joe in 2019. I probably go into 2020 thinking I need some other trick or shortcut to win again. Whereas upon losing, it helped me realize I don't need a trick. Just go out there and do it. Go out there and perform. And if you're at your best, you should be able to do it. And so, you know, to look back and say, oh, if I would have just pushed through the slider, I'd be a three-time champ. If I would have just pushed through the slider, I probably don't win last year, you know? Um, or maybe I don't win last year, uh, you know? So it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to say in, in that regard. It would be nice to be a three-time champ, but, you know, I'll, I'm happy with the progress that I've made and the progressions that have come from that day forward, because I think that really was the day where I felt like I could beat anyone. Because the year prior to that, Sarno beat me by like four, four and a half seconds, and he lost the slider. So, you know, at that point, I didn't think I could hang. Um, I felt like, hey, look, I know I've gotten better, but like that's probably too big of a gap to close. But that day, losing by the, the short margin that I lost by, and again, coming to that realization that if I, if I would have just had faith in my own abilities, it could have been different. I think that changed my my path. So you know, it's awesome too, is I got the all time list in front of me and I checked and you, you're right. It was pretty much exactly. That's how much time he beat you by the last time in 2018, uh, which also makes you, you right? Like how many other guys are looking at this with such painstaking detail? How many other guys have as many hits on their tough man, raw footage who were watching them who were studying themselves so much, none. So with that, what, <laughs> What do you think the Vegas odds are you are you winning this thing again next year? Yeah, so I, I do want to go back to the last point for one second to, to, to piggyback on something you said. I was actually telling guys this year, I think it was Pete and it might have been Moresco, what their previous best times ever were. <laughs> like like whenever <laughs> I think that might have been my best time. I was like, no, 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 your best time was like 104 point something like two years ago. And he was like, you're ridiculous, man. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it just, it, you know, it gets into the, the level of analysis and, and detail that I put in, in in watching guys and watching myself and trying to see how to get better, where other guys might be able to improve, you know, picking up things from other guys, et cetera. But moving on to the question of the Vegas odds of me winning the tough man in 2022, if we keep the same format, I think I have to be the favorite at this point despite never being voted the favorite amongst our peers, which I don't think I've actually ever deserved, honestly. I, I guess I could have been the favorite this year. People would have would have based it on just the prior year's performance, but you don't come around for a year, you don't get to be the favorite, right? So um, I do think I, I have to be the favorite if the format stays the same. Um, I think I put a little bit of distance between me and Joe. Um, whereas, you know, normally it was always razor thin, uh, you know, I beat him by like second and a half this year, which I'm very proud of. So I put a little bit of distance between me and who's my closest competitor. I know James is very, very close. Um, but I, I think, you know, when I do like my rough estimates of where I think James would shake out, 
think I'm, I might be like a second and a half ahead of James as well, or maybe, you know, give or take, right? So I think should the format stay the same, I do think I would have to be the favorite. But that being said, I, I have heard that we may be in line for format change uh, for 2022. And, you know, with that, there's a, there are pros and cons to it based on what you said. And you, know, you said you will do individual events with, you know, transitions are no longer part of the part of the process because it's just one event and then you get a break, you get ranked for that event, you move on to another event. So, you know, transitions is something that I think I'm probably the best in our crew at. And so, you know, that, that benefit is gone. But again, just speaking of what we spoke about throughout this podcast, I think if I'm competing at my best, I'm, I should win or be very close. So, you know, maybe even with the format change, I'll be the favorite, you know, it depends on what the events are, I guess. Like, obviously I'm not as big as some of the other guys. So if there's, you know, some crazy farmers walk or, you know, whatever, you know, that'll, I'll, I'll, I'll struggle, but I think, you know, relative, relative strength wise, I, I don't think that there's anybody in our crew, you know, in terms of like strength for body weight, maybe James, but that, you know, more balanced than me, maybe James or, or Amorosi probably. But uh, I, I still would, I still would consider myself the favorite or, or among, I don't want to say the favorite, but among the favorites, uh, you know, if, if you bet on me, you're not going to make a ton of money back. It's going to be pretty, pretty close odds. You know, I don't think I'm going to emerge as some long shot all of a sudden. I think I've been consistent. I proved to myself that even if I can't train with the guys for a year, my training methods are tried and true. And I know how to push my body. I know when to rest my body. I know how to eat. Um, you know, I know how to listen. I know how to listen to myself. I know it's the most overused cliche in the book. You know, I'm older now, so I train smarter and not harder, but like, it is actually true. Like I don't train. I look at my logs from my Apple watch and I look at how many days a week or days a month I trained for and the average duration of a training session in like 2015. And I compare it to now and it's not even close, but I feel like I'm in better shape now and I'm a better athlete now than I was then. So how long you know, was a training session in 2015? How long is a training session now? Great question. So I think on average, my training sessions in 2015, and this, this is a, a mishmash, right? Of lifts and cardio. Cause it just, it, it, it won't differentiate in 2015, 2016, my average workouts were probably close to like 55 or 57 minutes. Now um, I would, I'm averaging closer to like 31 or 32 minutes per workout. Wow. That's, that's faster than my workouts. I love it. Which is a, a massive, massive difference. Yeah. Massive, massive difference. But um, the intensity is different. The way I approach the work is different. So like I said, I, I listen to my body more. I know when to rest. Uh, I know when to push. And, you know, really, and I think there's something that might separate me from some people is I know how to prepare for the tough man. Like I know how to, and not, not even forget format. I know how to prepare for an event. Like I know that you, you can't just wing it and say, okay, the events in a month, like I'm going to, I'm going to work out or, you know, I hate the phrase workout. Like I'm going to, but yeah, like I'm going to work out a little bit to get ready. Like, no, like you saw, I sent you coach and I, you know, showed a couple other guys. Once I knew I was coming back, I literally created a day by day schedule of my workouts every single day leading into the tough man. And each, it wasn't just 
oh, I'm going to do this two days a week. And it was like, I spaced things out thoughtfully of how much I wanted to push myself. I put in break days thoughtfully. I had some two a days thoughtfully, like everything was positioned where it was for a reason. It wasn't like, oh, I have 20 days to figure this out. I'm going to throw in 18 workouts. Like it was, I, I planned for it and I go, it goes even beyond training. Like I planned for it diet wise, you know, we've talked about it before. I have very weird gastrointestinal issues. So I don't run the risk of being bloated or full of gas on a tough man, literally like four or five days before I just stopped eating anything that could potentially even cause me any type of issue. Like I just, I go grilled chicken and egg whites pretty much for the five days leading up to it. Morning of, I have, you know, peanut butter and an English muffin, but like there's an art to preparing yourself for competition that I think I'm very good at. It's similar to like a boxer who goes into a training camp, right? Like, okay, I know, I know the date I need to get to now. How am I going to get there? And everything is just very finely tailored to get there. And if you don't do that, you're just winging it. You could be, you could be overtired going into the event. You could be overrested going into the event. If you don't actually think through where you want to be like, you know, my, like we train on, we train on, excuse me, we compete on Saturday. My last actual training day was Tuesday. Then Wednesday, I did a very light, light, light recovery day. Thursday off, Friday off. Like these are the things that I think about that maybe some others don't where it's like, okay, like I'm going to show up on Saturday. I've been training really hard. I'm just going to show up and do my best. It's not about showing up and doing your best. Like you need to have a plan. You just show up and do your best. You're going to lose. Like you, you need to plan for this. And not just this. I know this, I sound like an old weirdo. Like, it's not just this, it's, it's life. You can't just show up in life. Even if you show up every time, right? Like, I'm not talking about attendance, like you have to show up. Like, you can't just wing things. Like, you need to have plans, short-term plans, long-term plans. That's why I love Goldman. Last year when Goldman was my accountability coach, he held me to my plans. Um, I hope I do the same for Joe. I'm, I'm his accountability coach. It's been a little while since we checked in, but he knows we speak very frequently. And like, I try to hold him to a plan, his business plan, his athletic plan. Like I'm a big, I'm a big believer in planning. And I think that's why I'll always kind of be at or near the top when it comes to this, because I truly plan for it instead of just, Hey, I'm going to work my butt off and I'm going to be in the gym five days a week and I'll show up on Saturday and that'll be enough. That won't be enough. At least not for me. And I'm, I'm thinking, I, I wrote down two quotes when I was thinking about this podcast, I'll read you both of them. And this is how we will uh, wrap up this podcast the first one was, and I had said it to the group a, a few days ago, was to see a man not beaten by a better opponent, but by himself is a tragedy. Oh, that's by custom auto. I'll say it again. To see a man not beaten by a better opponent, but by himself is a tragedy. So it seems like to me, as I'm thinking about you, you will never let anything beat you. Other than The only thing that could beat you is you. And you, you have a plan. You have a plan for everything. You're hyper-obsessed. And in your mind, it's, it's you versus you. And then the other one, and I think this may even look, be more- look at what happened. Look at what happened when in 2019, I lost to myself. Because again, I say I, I didn't, I lost to Joe. Joe posted an incredible time. But like, if you go back to what we were chatting about earlier, I lost because I didn't believe in myself. I got in my own head and I beat myself that, like with respect to that. And that's why- I can't agree with that quote even more. That's why it was so tough for a year to sit on it and deal with it was because I, I allowed myself to lose by questioning myself. And 
like you said, I'll, I'll never allow it to happen again. And it is, it, that was harder than just go, than, than the year before where I just went out and Sarno blew me out. And I, I lost Pete as well. I came in third. Um, you know, I lost to Pete by like 1.8 seconds or something like that. And Joe by four and a half. Like that was easier to stomach than the year before. Then the, the, excuse me, then the following year when I lost by um, a smaller margin and, and kind of felt like it was because I, I didn't have faith in myself. So can't agree with that quote anymore. It is the true biggest tragedy is failing because of your own ineptitudes or, um, you know, lack of preparation or lack of care. So I, I can't agree with that quote anymore. It's perfect. And Trunzo, I'm, I'm going to throw this out to the rest of the crew because while you won, this was not your best time. It wasn't your second no. best time. It was your third best time. So right. how many of you guys lost to Trunzo or did you lose to yourself? Did you lose to the Jersey Shore? Did you lose to some bender? Did you lose to some – we had guys miss for golf. Come on, man. How do you miss a training session for golf? Did, did, did you lose – because of those decisions you made or did you lose because Joe Trunzo is just better than you on game day. And you got to really look in the mirror and search your soul. And do you want that belt? Everybody says they want the belt. They want to go home and talk to their girlfriend or the parents about their belt. How bad do you really want it? And, and this is the next quote, Joe is hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And I'll say, this is oh. nothing against you. You're not the most talented guy in the crew. You weren't born the tallest. You weren't born the strongest, but you work hard and you work smart. I'll put those two things together. Uh, so I'll, I'll let you chime in here, but that thought made me think about you, especially if you guys who are more talented than Joe Trunzo or born more gifted than Joe Trunzo. Again, he's going to win again. If you don't do something about it, he's got, I'll, I'll write it down right now. He's going to win again, unless somebody does something, something completely different with their life. Trunzo, I, I want to, cl I'll close out with that, but I, you got any comments to what that last quote? Yeah. Well, I mean, I appreciate I appreciate that, um, that you have such, such high expectations for me next year. Um, yeah. I mean, it goes without saying that that's, that that's right. I mean, you look through and that doesn't just go for us. It goes for anything. I mean, again, I'm a big fan of boxing and you know, you can't, it, it, it's, it's incredible how many quote unquote gifted fighters or the next big thing type fighters that kind of want to live the life before they've earned it end up, with their careers flaming out and losing the guys they never should have lost to. Um, you see it all the time. You see it in the NBA too, right? Like guys getting too much money too fast or, and you know, they, they stop working hard. They stop training number one picks. You see them disappear overnight because um, they don't work hard. And I, I it, it's obvious, you know, if you, if you're a lunch pail guy and I'd like to think that I am like a, you know, a lunch pail guy, work hard. I mean, you, you, you're, you're your only limit at that point. And you know, I think if you were to rank, rank our group by quote unquote natural talent, I am not near the top. Um, I mean, I was at 18 years old, I was 270 pounds of pure fat, basically. Right? Like, I mean, that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, <laughs> but I don't think it's too much of an exaggeration. Um, you know, I certainly not genetically gifted, you know, with, with that stretch. Um, you know, not like you said, not the tallest, not the fastest, not the strongest, not the biggest, not the most handsome. Um, but you might be taking that too far, man. You're a good looking dude. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I put the work in um, and that was even when even when I when I was away, you know, I, I, I put the work in like I I train like there's a like there's an end result. 
you know, I, it, it, it's not training for the sake of it. You know, I, I talked about something with, with Sarno with respect to his program. It's you don't come here to work out. You don't come here to exercise. You come here to train. You train yourself. You train your body. You train your mind. And I feel like that's how I approach athletics and competition is with that with that mentality and you know if you're the baddest dude in the world that wants to be in a warm bed in the morning or thinks that you know you could and look this is what i did i know it sounds hypocritical because it, it to, to the outsider it's what i did but seem think you could walk in the morning of but coach you know and i hope that people listen are like i didn't just walk in the morning of i mean you you know for the 11 one, you, you know how hard I was training and, and, and what I was doing. I didn't just show up, right? There's a difference between not doing anything and just showing up and working in the background and showing up. But, you know, if you're 6'3", 220, bad dude, but you just didn't put the work in, you're not going to show up and win. You're not, not against guys who work hard, like the guys in our group. I'm not the only one. I mean, they're, they're, you, I mean look down the list. I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy's not the most athletically gifted you know, smaller guy busts his tail. Like you can't even believe Pete Amorosi, right? Two time college, uh, two sport college athlete. Pete's not some outsized giant, some athletically gifted guy. We're like, Oh man, look at him. This guy just, he was born this way. Pete busts his hump. Pete puts in, puts in work, you know, like Moresco, same thing. Moresco, the improvement he's made in three or four years out of this world. You know, Sarno, same thing. I, I, I saw Sarno on the 4th of July. I couldn't even believe my eyes. I thought that guy was in good shape before I saw him and then ran into him the 4th of July. I hadn't seen him for a very long time. And I was like, my God, man, how hard have you been working? Like, you, you look unbelievable. And so I do think that's, that's one thing that our crew gets right when they're focused. And I think a lot of people lost focus this year, which we talked about. Um, attendance was down. Uh, and that's, you know, that's something that we can solve. But I am confident that when our group gets it right, we are a group of hard workers. I don't think there's a guy in our group who says, ah, I'm gifted and I'm talented and I don't have to show up and, you know, I can still beat these guys. Actually, we talked about this last year, that might have been Joe in like 2017, 2018. And that was my big criticism of him when I first met him was I didn't think he took it seriously enough. But that guy's done such a 180. It's, it's actually remarkable. And I think we talked about that last year. But we don't have a guy in our crew that when we're the well-oiled machine that we should be. And when we're firing on all cylinders and everybody's showing up, we don't have a guy that dogs it. We don't have a guy that, that doesn't, that doesn't work hard. And so luckily I don't think that that, that, that quote, when people are fire, firing on all cylinders speaks to people in our, in our crew. Do I think it might've spoken to a few people in our crew the past six months? Yes. Probably. Probably. Yeah, probably. I do think there were people who probably felt like, ah, like I'm doing my own thing. I look good with my shirt off. I have fun at the beach. I like going out and drinking. Like I, I can miss one. I can miss two. I could skip the summer. And that's when, you know, you look at, you look at the leaderboard and you end up disappointed with yourself. Um, and hope, and hopefully I'll end, I'll end it on this. Hopefully, if that's you this year, where you look at that leaderboard and you say, man, I know I could have done better. Man, I know that I could have, you know, transitioned better on the farmer's wall. Take it the same way that I took it in 2019 
when it hurt to look in the mirror for a little while and better yourself from it. It's a new year. We haven't had an official session yet. We've had one speed session. I'm proud to say that I showed up. Only me and Moresco showed up. But I, you, you can look in the mirror and recognize your flaws and fix them rather than looking in the mirror and recognizing your flaws and, and running from them or shying from them or trying to figure out a way to mask them. Hitting, hit it head on. A lot like I said that the gap between me and Joe widened this year in, our, in terms of our times, and it did. He didn't have the cleanest run, but whatever. The gap widened a little, but the gap shrunk big time as between me and everybody else. I think other than Sarno last year, there was no one within like nine seconds and some change for me. Um, this year, there were quite a few guys within like four seconds of me. So the, the gap of like guys who might've felt they were outside the top level has closed, it has shrunk. And that's with everyone openly saying a lot of those same guys not taking this thing as seriously as they should. So again, look in the mirror, it's attainable. Just go out and do it. Four seconds is nothing. Go out five seconds is nothing. Eight seconds is nothing. The gap can close real quick. Uh, and, you know, recognize your shortcomings, get better at it, hold yourself accountable, show up. I'm going to be better at that. And uh, yeah, I think, I think next year is going to be fun. Yeah, and you know why you got to get better at it? Because I'll be certain that guys were saying, you know what? Tronzo's not coming around anymore. Sarno's got this uh, big business now. It's really hard for him to get here. <laughs> I could do whatever the hell I want. I'm probably going to win. But you came back and won. Sarno came back, came in second. So you guys, for everybody, forget about advanced training. For your life, find your edge. Wherever it went, wherever it went, find it. Might be in your closet, might be underneath your bed, might be at DJ's, might be on a golf course. I don't know. I don't care. Find it somewhere. Tronzo, this has been awesome. I'm glad you won because we get to have this awesome conversation uh, and, and you make everybody better around you, man. Love you. Love you too, coach. Take care, everyone. Congratulations, Joe. Talk to you soon. Thanks again. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by MicroSky, your one-stop shop for IT and computer services. Now, I've been a customer of these guys for years, and here's why. They make things easy. My computer had died. They came, picked up my computer, recovered all my data, and then set me up with a new computer in three days. Fully loaded, I just press the on button and I'm ready to go. Made my life super, super easy. Now, they don't only specialize in computer repair. They also specialize in cloud backup, data recovery, cybersecurity, and IT support plans. Do not be like me. Do not wait until your computer dies to get in touch with these guys. Visit microskyms.com slash contact. Microsky, that's S-K-Y-M-S.com slash contact. If you want a free month of cloud backup, make sure you put AT2020 in the referred by field in the contact form. Again, that's AT2020. Do not wait like I did. Contact them today.